Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I want to be your host today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryermuth. Uh, in this episode, we are discussing the Puerto Rico Flood Risk Management Mission. With us today are Brenda Calavente, Elmer Whiting, and Wilmer Varela Ortiz. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Um, my name is Brenda Calvente. And I'm a professional civil engineer with 18 years of experience supporting the Army Corps Engineer mission, implementing projects under many different programs and sub-programs, especially civil works and military construction. Currently, I'm serving as the chief of Puerto Rico Integrated Program Office under the Programs and Project Management Division in Jacksonville District. And as the Puerto Rico IPO chief, I'm responsible for the implementation of all flood risk management and ecosystem restoration projects in Puerto Rico under the Civil Works program. Hello, uh, my name is Alma Whiting. I, I am a professional engineer registered in the state of Florida. Uh, I am a geotechnical engineer, meaning uh, soils interactions. I've worked in the dam and levee safety community for the better part of 10 years, working on USACE projects uh, for the better part of 15 years. My current role is uh, the Supplemental Program Engineering Lead, uh, and I am uh, the main liaison currently between project management, construction, and, and engineering uh, for the rehabilitation projects that are in uh, Puerto Rico for flood risk management. My name is Wilmer Varela. I started in 2005 at the USAID uh, Research Engineering Center at Arctic in Mississippi. Then I moved back to Puerto Rico, which is, is my hometown. So I serve with the Antilles office here for the Jacksonville district. I'm the resident engineer in charge of the construction projects for civil works in Puerto Rico. Thank you all again for being with us today. We are excited to learn more about the Puerto Rico flood risk management mission. For the, our listeners, the Corps of Engineers has a worldwide presence, and uh, today we're going to talk about one of our missions, and it happens to be in Puerto Rico. And so, Brenda, can you tell us uh, a little more about our mission in Puerto Rico? Yes, thank you. As you remember, Hurricane Maria devastated the entire island back in September 2017 and caused major humanitarian crisis. Hurricane Maria left over 90 billion in damages and Congress allocated billions of dollars for disaster relief and recovery operations. We, the Army Corps engineers, received $2.4 billion under construction funds and $13.9 million under investigation funds. Through the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2018, it's also known as the BB-18 program. The BB-18 program provides a unique opportunity to complete existing flood control projects in Puerto Rico and to create new projects as efforts were 100% federally funded. The main purpose is to reduce the risk of a catastrophic flooding, improving human health and safety through flood risk management and reduction in damages to structures and transportation infrastructure between the project areas. In general, we already completed seven short-term projects and four studies. We are still working on five long-term projects which represent most of the efforts. These projects are Rio Puerto Nuevo, Rio de la Plata, Rio Grande de Arecibo, known as the Puerto Rico Big Three, 
and Rio Guanajibo and Rio Nigua. The goal is to complete these remaining projects under the BB18 program by 2032. Recently, we received appropriation through two other programs, Disaster Recovery Supplemental Appropriations Act, also known as DARSA, and Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act 2022, also known as IIJA. These two programs provided funds to complete three additional projects to construction, Rio Grande de Manati at Ciales and Rio Culebrina under DARSA and Canyon Martin Peña project under the IIJA program. I would like to highlight that Canyon Martin Peña is an ecosystem restoration project. Thanks, Brenda. It sounds like there's a lot of work going on in Puerto Rico, and I just want to say, you know, I love Puerto Rico. I went down there after I think it was Hurricane Janine and got to spend uh, four months there on a debris mission. I worked in uh, San Juan and Ponce, and it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had on the job was going to Puerto Rico, getting to just work in a different location, uh, understand, getting to know the culture a little bit and seeing all the amazing places in Puerto Rico. So I always encourage folks that I know be like, Go on vacation to Puerto Rico. It is a beautiful place and, and wonderful to visit. But it's also obviously really important that we're focused on delivering the infrastructure and, you know, in particular flood risk, but ecosystem. And I'm sure there's some challenges that go along with delivering infrastructure uh, in Puerto Rico compared to the U.S. mainland, obviously being on an island and then, uh, you know, some of the maybe difficulties of materials and sources and even getting labor forces. Could you guys comment, Elmer and, and Wilmel, about the, the challenges you face in delivering projects on the island? Sure. I will highlight some things and, and uh, from the engineering standpoint, and Wilmel will take over from the construction standpoint, and those, those do cross over. So we'll have different perspectives on similar things. Uh, you know, one of the things that's very easy to highlight since most of this came about in, in our current uh, authorization is from Hurricane Maria. So uh, the island is hurricane prone and uh, they haven't had a devastating earthquake in many years. They've had many earthquakes, but nothing as devastating as the hurricanes. But if you, the difficulty just there is designing for both hurricanes, which uh, a lot of rain, flooding, uh, wind conditions, but also earthquakes, which um, destabilize the foundations and, and cause different devastation. So that's a big thing for our area of responsibility for Jacksonville District. We, we cover Florida and the Caribbean, the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. And, and uh, so that's a big thing to highlight. Now, as we progress forward right now, we're in a lot of design phases and we are going to get to construction phase and, and Lamel and his team are going to have to take over and engineer will support, but, you know, a lot of the new uh, designs and techniques that we're planning on doing for the flood protection requires specialized equipment and materials and labor, um, which uh, could be limited on the island and we're going to have to, materials we already know we're going to have to import and there's a, there's a certain amount of lag and, and, and uh, logistics involved there, but just the labor, uh, bringing contractors on the island to support the contractors that are on the island uh, is, is a big challenge. Apart from most of the CONUS missions that we have in the U.S., Puerto Rico is a bilingual uh, island. It's, it's mostly uh, Spanish staff um, around the island, but most speak English as well. So we do have in place 
uh, in our field offices and our resident office, bilingual um, staff that can speak Spanish and, and English for both political reasons, talking to politicians, and local reasons for uh, talking to uh, affected uh, populations. One of the other things that uh, I do want to highlight, even though it is difficult in these manners that I, I stated, uh, USAID has a history of working in Puerto Rico. Dozens of federal projects, including dams, levees, flood control, canals, harbor and shoreline improvements uh, that can attest to our dedication to Puerto Rico and our ability to overcome those challenges. So. Uh, we've been doing it for many years, and we'll, we'll continue doing it with the, the, the people uh, of Puerto Rico. And, and that's from the engineering side, and I'll turn it over to uh, Lamel to highlight his experience living on the island and working in the construction projects. So basically, Armour covered most of the limitations that we have on the island. You know, a city is not only a particular item from, for, for the island, but for everybody else, as we are doing with the pandemic. You know, we are resource uh, limitations, labor, materials, and equipment everywhere. And uh, of course, we have it here on the island right now in Puerto Rico. But another another things that we have is that the portions that we have constructed from the supplemental program, we have constructed most of the, of the work on the open spaces. Now that we move from the rural areas to the urban areas, that is going to be a significant challenge for we have, you know, a lot of encroachment. We have to to work with heavy equipment, doing divert, diversion channels into the urban areas because we have to maintain the flood the, the flood risk mitigation. You know, while we are doing construction, so those are basically the major challenges that we have, along with the materials that we have to import from the United States, uh, which basically will have a lot of long lead items. And we also try to incorporate as much as possible the materials that we have ready and available in the island to use our resources that we have here in the island combined with those that we can bring from, from the states to complete the project successfully. There's definitely a lot of challenges and opportunities with this project. And I know Puerto Rico has undergone some tough financial times in the past few years. And one of the great things about the work the Corps of Engineers is doing in Puerto Rico is the opportunities and benefits that these projects are going to provide to the citizens of Puerto Rico. Can you talk about that a little bit? So we can truly say that the benefits that we are providing to the island were we saw them during the Hurricane Maria. You know, during Hurricane Maria, we saw the difference between the projects completed with the people living downstream that didn't get affected by flood in comparison with the people living upstream where the projects were not completed where they suffer significant damages. So uh, looking at that, that's, that's the main impact that Congress took. Look at it, you know, when they were evaluating the funding to, to approve the funding for the island. We have shown that the Corps of Engineers do resilient work and that uh, what we designed is thumb up to, to the flood risk management, providing significant benefits to, to the citizens living in Puerto Rico. So, in addition to the social benefits uh, for the flood risk management, we have economic benefits uh, based on the uh, economic growth that that is going to bring up to the island, not only to the contractors and agencies uh, doing the, the work and the permits, 
but also to the intensive labor that we're going to need and the resources that are going to be incorporated for the island where all parts of the economy will definitely benefit from the construction work that is going to be going on. You know, looking at the mission, and it's really, you know, I think important for, for all of our listeners and, and core staff to kind of understand that, you know, the when you think of an island, sometimes you don't think of like that big river flooding like we might see along the Mississippi or Ohio. But I, I understand you have some pretty flashy systems that, you know, you get a hurricane storm and it dumps a whole bunch of water really fast. And that can cause a lot of devastation and damage. Uh, and the challenges that you face on an island are very similar to, you know, what you would see elsewhere within the country. To man these missions and to actually accomplish this work, I've seen a lot of advertisements out there for, hey, needing help in Puerto Rico, you're trying to get people to come down through here. Brenda, could you talk a little bit about how you manage those resources um, when you have folks cycling through for like 120 days? You know, how much permanent staff do you have that's overseeing the mission in Puerto Rico compared to some of these temporaries? And then really, how do you just deal with that to make sure we can accomplish the mission? I would like to clarify that we do not have employees rotating to on details on regular basis for these missions. Uh, we have dedicated team members and both levels. So we have here at the district level in Jacksonville, and we also have at the field level in Puerto Rico. So at the district level, the employees are focused on the design and management aspects, and at the field level, they're focused on the support for the design and also on the supervision and administration of the construction contracts. So employees also we requested like support uh, throughout the the Army Corps engineers because we needed to implement these projects concurrently. So we're working all of them at the same time. So we also requested support to other from to other districts and for the real estate acquisition and plants and specs development. So right now, for how many? Right now, Jacksonville District has about dedicated to this mission over 200 employees. And, but this is the initial stage. Maybe in two, three years, it will continue and it's gonna be double, especially for the construction phase that Wilmel can indicate how many people will be supporting the construction phase when all these projects are active in construction. And Alma may be able to tell you the support we are receiving uh, from other districts. Much like uh, after Hurricane Katrina happened with New Orleans, multiple districts came and helped the New Orleans district, what we call brokering. Uh, they came down with their personnel and worked with the locals and integrated with the New Orleans district. Uh, we didn't base that model on New Orleans, but that is something that USACE has done time and time again. So we have done that again. And so we have uh, engineering design and, and EDC support, engineering during construction support from multiple broker districts um, outside of our region. So uh, for instance, uh, Mississippi Valley Division has members from St. Louis, Vicksburg, St. Paul, Great Lakes and Rivers Division. Uh, we have, so Great Lakes, <laughs> Great Lakes and Ohio River Division uh, we have districts such as uh, Huntington and Chicago supporting us uh, for demolition work, uh, specialty work like that. We have Huntsville uh, District that's, that's also aiding. So we have a number of districts that are coming down to support. And, and in addition to our sister districts here in the South Atlantic Division with uh, Savannah and Mobile. So they're not like 
uh, Brenda has said, they're not rotating staff. They are assigned broker districts that are mission supported. So they're st they started, they signed on, and when the mission's done, they're done. And then Jacksonville District is still, quote unquote, the home base for those projects. So uh, through inspection of completed works and dealing with the sponsor in year out years, we, we will do that, not the broker district. And so we, we've pulled resources from, from uh, a large swath of availability because we have so much work to do. Thanks, Brenda. It's important to, to recognize the importance of all of these uh, projects and the effect they have on real people. So it's good to hear that the core is, is proactively out there trying to provide additional benefits and prevent some of these natural disasters from happening again. And with that, you know, I've heard you guys talk a lot about, you know, the staffing and, and uh, just the different divisions and districts helping you out and trying to get this. It must be a really difficult job to manage, but I also feel like there must be some lessons learned there in trying to you know, direct us a lot from Jacksonville with field staff in Puerto Rico using multiple districts. Elmer, can you tell us a little bit about some of the lessons learned um, that you want to share with our listeners? Yes, uh, first and foremost, we, we've been working down in Puerto Rico for many decades, uh, five, six decades on these type of projects and designing for both hurricane flood protection and, and seismic. So we have a lot of experience on the island. And so when we do broker out the work, some of those districts may have similar experience elsewhere. Um, but we coordinate with them and work with them through the process. They carry the heavy load, um, but we ex we share lessons learned and experiences, um, more or less oversight for a little bit, um, just so that they understand what they're doing. And right now, you know, we're four years into the program, and so most of those broker districts understand what we've been doing and how we've been doing it, and, and we've integrated them into the program, so to say. But beyond that, you know, the Jacksonville District is, is well-equipped to continue our success. Um, a couple of those other lessons learned that, that are very important in Puerto Rico that have been less glaring, at least from, from our standpoint, with working with uh, the different states and territories is that uh, the Puerto Rican government is very dynamic. And so understanding their processes and the different, the different members and, and who's important there are sponsor slash sponsors. Uh, we've had one main sponsor for a number of years. Um, before that, we had a different sponsor on the island. And, and now moving forward, um, we're getting a different sponsor. They're all part of the Puerto Rican government establishment, but it's, de it's dependent on them who they want to be the sponsor and control the projects after we're done. So our coordination with them has been uh, paramount to, to the success of the projects that we built in the past, the projects that we're working on, and the projects we'll do in the, uh, in the future. And, and the bottom line on our lessons learned is working with the people of Puerto Rico. That there's a lot of environmental concerns, as you have stated before, and we understand, and we do have a lot of our environmental engineers and planning people on the projects to make sure that we uh, attempt to maintain integrity working with the environment and still building flood damage reduction systems um, that are going to withstand not only hurricanes, heavy rains, uh, seismic conditions, but the test of time, just them being there weathering over time. So 
we've been working there a while. We've built projects that have uh, weathered well, and uh, we're utilizing those lessons learned and our, our current climate uh, in terms of uh, different environmental needs and, and government requests uh, from the from the government of Puerto Rico. Yes, yeah, so, so basically on the construction part, we have many lessons learned that we have learned throughout the years, you know, working on the projects prior to the to implementing the supplemental program. So, uh, most of the lessons learned go with water diversion and, and uh, flood risk mitigation, not, not for the whole program, but during construction. We have implemented several uh, contract requirements, you know, to be able to minimize those risks because of the flash flooding that we have on the island to make sure uh, contractors are not impacted and the projects are not delayed and we can continue towards uh, performing construction right away to reach those benefits uh, right away. Not only, you know, we always uh, focus on looking into not flooding adjacent areas, but we are also taking all the uh, appropriate uh, requirements to not flood the construction zone at the same time. It has cost a significant dollar amount for the government previously, so we are implementing the lessons learned from those to be more effective and continue with the construction and finish the project as, as soon as we can. All right. Well, thank you, Brenda, Elmer, and Wilmo for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you what topics are important to you and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.